Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the end of the regular season approaching and playoffs right around the corner, 15 NHL teams will be looking to the future with the NHL Draft Lottery. And to celebrate, the Hockey Podcast Network has partnered with Tankathon.com and CoolHockey.com to bring you the Hockey Podcast Network NHL Draft Lottery Contest. The winner of the contest will win a $200 gift card to CoolHockey.com, the Internet's best source for ordering and customizing NHL officially licensed jerseys. So here's how you play. Visit Tankathon.com NHL and click Sim Lottery to create a 15-team simulation. You can run the simulator as many times as you like until you get the result that you think will best match the NHL's official draft lottery. Take a screenshot of your simulation and post it to the comments section of the Hockey Podcast Network's contest tweet on their official Twitter account, at HockeyPodNet. Then, make sure to tag a friend and retweet the post. You must follow at Tankathon, at CoolHockey, and at HockeyPodNet on Twitter to be eligible for entry. All entries must be submitted by April 4th at 11.59 Eastern. The winner of the $200 Cool Hockey gift card will be announced on Twitter following the NHL's official draft lottery. All contest information can be found at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. So what are you waiting for? Visit tankathon.com NHL right now and keep simulating until you get the result that you think will best win you your CoolHockey.com gift card. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and this is episode 46 as the New York Rangers drop another one that's now three in a row they lose to the st louis blues last night three to one on an empty net goal and i think the panic has already ensued after the first two flyer losses but now is reality starting to set back in that the rangers are in a playoff team we'll cover all of that andy was andy was there he was in the house he was in the building um he saw the gutsy the gutsy play by the New York Rangers, who from the highlight reels that uh, I watched online, didn't seem like they were totally out of it and seemed like they kind of let a possible upset slip through their fingers. So we'll cover everything and basically just, you know, talk about how, you know, just blanket the whole New York Rangers season so far and what to expect in the in pretty much the last month of, of hockey as we uh, are in, in the midst of March now. So, Andy... How's it going? And, you know, tell us more about your experience last night. It's going good. Uh, despite them losing, it was an f- awesome game. It was a lot of fun. I mean, the Rangers were, I don't want to say in the driver's seat, but they were definitely the more aggressive of the two teams last night. And, uh, yeah, they really brought it to them. Hence why I was upset, but I wasn't like, you know, I was just kind of like, you know what? They're the defending Stanley cup champions. There were some brutal uh, non calls, but watching St. Louis in person live, you just kind of get a sense of what the differences between those teams that are like, not only are in the play, like uh, our playoff contenders, but know their playoff contenders and have been there before just so much slight on the line interference here and there and obstruction and all these little things. And 
you know, at first you, as a fan, you get mad, you're like, Argh. but that's what it takes. It's, that's what's going to come down to in the playoffs when they swallow, if they're going to swallow their whistles. And it's almost like they do it so much that then when big stuff happens, it kind of goes missed. Like Howden got horse collared down by his, the collar of his Jersey and no call. And then another time Adam Fox breaks up a three on one by himself. Again, we were raving about him doing that last time. He's so smart, this kid. And then he goes the other way. And then he kind of stumbles as, a, as someone gets a skate in his, uh, you know, stick in his skates, but he kind of just, he, he almost buckles, but he kind of like regains his composure, but that should have been a trip or interference or something, but no, call, no call. But yeah, man, the, the atmosphere of the garden was awesome. It felt like a playoff game. It felt like it had big implications, and uh, well, it sort of did. You know, well, I think being the fans, there, yeah. It, mm. No, I was gonna say the fans know that these are kind of must-win games down the line if we have a shot at the playoffs, and um, you know, St. Louis has won now eight in a row, I believe, yeah. and you know they were obviously one of the best teams in the NHL. They're probably top three in my opinion, being the top team out of the West, defending Stanley Cup champions. I don't know. I thought the Rangers, you know, held their own. And again, I didn't get, I had a game of my own uh, in which we, we lost actually in similar fashion with the empty netter. Um, and it was just one of those, one of those games where I looked at it and I said, you know what? This team isn't quitting. They lost to a better team. The past three losses came from the Flyers who have won now six in a row and uh, the St. Louis Blues who've won eight in a row. So it's like, yeah, we, we we're in a rut right now, but it's not like we just dropped a game to, you know, Ottawa, Detroit, and the New Jersey Devils. Like we lost to two legitimate Stanley Cup contenders. I think Philadelphia, if you know, obviously they the only thing inhibiting Philly from making a run at the Stanley Cup is their coach who just stinks and he can't, you know, get over that hump. So again, I think Ranger fans need to take a deep breath and appreciate the hockey that's actually being played right now because, you know, we're, in my opinion, we're miles ahead of where I thought we'd be at this point. I don't know if you can Absolutely. agree to that. So I do. Sorry, I have uh, no, breakfast no. in my mouth. Um, yeah, just watching them not, not only skate with St. Louis, but apply pressure mo- like most of the game. It was funny because at first they scored the early goal and you it felt like, oh, they could – and they didn't let up in the in the second period, so I just thought it really felt like the Rangers might be able to pull this one out. But um, as the game went on, you kind of realized that despite being on their heels a bit, St. Louis never really broke from their structure. They didn't really panic. Sticks were always in smart spots. They had good counter breakouts for everything. I thought the Rangers defended very well, considering... You know, at times I saw Mark Stahl and Brendan Smith on the, on the ice at the same time. I don't know how that happened, but yeah, they, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, it was like, yeah, you, you just, you got the sense that the Rangers are like, you you can see the promise just from the passing and the plays and Heedle looked so good last night. I thought Kako after having a, a slew of bad games had a good night. Um, yeah, I can't even. Outside of maybe Strom taking another, yet another bad penalty, I don't know if anyone, if I saw, oh, well, actually, I, I changed it. I thought Brennan Lemieux had a, a bad night again. He's been bad for a while now. I don't know what's going on with him, but his decision-making is just really suspect at times. But anyway, um, but yeah, you just I just got the sense that St. Louis wasn't panicking, and you just knew it was going to come off of a really weirdly weak goal, and then he's got the just kind of the soft, almost Matteau-like wraparound that just kind of goes off a of skate and goes between Georgiev because he wasn't ready for it. And uh, yeah, you just knew that that was going to be what it was going to happen. So, but I mean, at the end of the day, you have Phil DiGiuseppe, who I think has been great playing in your first line. And I think that just shows that the Rangers really don't have the horses yet. And, you know, the horses they do have are, they're still Colts, you know, they gotta, they gotta mature and become stallions if, uh, to, to use more horse puns. But uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, they're 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 so promising, they're so talented and they skate hard and they compete hard. And you just know that if they just literally keep doing what they're doing as time takes its course and maybe Gorton makes more shrewd moves to get more depth guys and move out guys who are either old and on their way out like uh Smith and Stahl and hell even Lundqvist and then they just get yeah, their their prospects get a little bit older and it's they'll be fine. So yeah, but the, the 
the I think the like you mentioned off air, James, the most important part about this is that it's just they're playing for something and whether they get in or not, it's like, it's important. These games are all important. And that's all as that's a win. That's that is automatically a win for this season, for this, for this team. I think even if they, they come up just short, it's not a failure. They're playing for something. They know it's like to feel the pressure. They know it's like they're learning on the fly, watching what the really good teams do. And hopefully they're trying to adopt it, some of that into their game, but they took it to them last night. And I couldn't be more proud of that. So, so uh, a couple questions that I had uh, for you. Um, how did Strom look? Because obviously he had the assist on the Zibanejad goal yeah. with a beautiful pass. Um, was Buchnevich get the second secondary assist there? Yeah, uh, yeah. And that whole play was a very very nice setup. Um, yeah. How how was Strom? Because you know obviously getting a, a big assist there might help him you know mentally uh, get back on track of you know. Yeah, I mean outside of the penalty, I thought he was fine. He was good. You know, obviously that pass was awesome. That was a really heady play by him. That's the type of guy he was. I thought he was. Yeah, he, he he seemed like he was on it. I, I didn't think his defense was lacking. I I know that after he took the penalty, Quinn I think demoted him a few. Although I I think it was also trying to get a goal, so he moved Panarin with Mika. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't. It didn't really look like he. It, you know, I mean, again, it's I just it's what's my my own one my one gripe with Strom is that it's not just taking penalties. It's like taking penalty when your team's in the offensive zone, their offensive zone, when your team is on the power play, it's like the worst times. It's the times where, and not understanding that, like, I know you're alone in a corner with a guy and on the pat and he's on the power kill, you know what I mean? And you're, you're trying to get the puck so you can go back the, up the ice. Just be smart with your stick. Even, I know he's trying to eat time or even try to make a break to the net. Just be smart. You know what I mean? So do you, do you think that he's a little bit worn down given that this is probably the first season he's ever, uh played this many minutes i'm I'm sure if you took his minutes total per season that he's played this has to be by far the most it's possible and he's also being relied on a role that has kind of foreign to him he's a he's like count really counted on in the top six you know so i think that definitely is part of it too when sometimes when you're just thinking about things too much and you're not just letting the game happen you try to defend with your upper body instead of with your legs. And then that's Absolutely. what happens. You take, you take dumb penalties. So it's called um, uh, lazy but, man penalties. Uh, mm-hmm. Trust me. Uh, my father told me that many of times oh my, when oh I would take God. anything that was remotely a hook or a slash or uh, a hold, just that's you just being lazy and not wanting to move your feet. That's, that's exactly um, why, why, why is man Jim Whalen? Yes, absolutely. Um, so Adam Fox, I'm looking at this, looking at the score sheet right now. Uh, he was a minus one, one shot on goal, one block, one takeaway. And he played the second least amount of minutes out of all our defensemen. Was there a reason for that? Well, Quinn had mentioned that because St. Louis was a heavier team. He was really trying to get, um, Truba and, uh, I forget who he had with Trubin most of the night. I guess it was Trubin Smith. He was trying to get them paired up against the big guys, and I think that's why. Okay. It was like a stylistic thing. Um, yeah, it was strange because I thought I'd see them more. Fox, because usually, you know, Fox and Lindegren have kind of been like their number one pairing for the most part. But they were getting a lot of offensive zone starts, whereas I thought he was giving a lot of the uh, – Trubin Smith were getting a lot of the defensive starts. So that definitely had something to do with it. Um yeah, I guess, again, I think I don't think it was because he was playing poorly or anything. If anything, you saw the way he broke up that three-on-one. That was, again, it was brilliant. It was He's so so smart, and he made some good good outlet passes. But, yeah, I just I, I think it was just a matchup thing. Whether I agree with it or not, I don't know. But I thought Truba looked good last night. He was engaged, which, you know, he's he's way better in games where guys are trying to, trying to hit him hard because it kind of gets him fired up a bit. Well, I feel so. like he gets fired up, and it – that type of style, like some people like feed off of that, like the contact yeah. and stuff like that. So oh, he definitely does. Yeah. You can tell the game. Well, and it gets you into it. You're like, you're involved. It's not one of those games where, you know, everything's tentative. They're just throwing the puck down deep and, 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 you know, just, you know, forcing turnovers, you know, with, you know, through, you know, their traps and stuff like that. So I don't know. I, I feel like Truba definitely is almost like a little bit of a psycho where he feeds off yeah, of like yeah. people like mucking it up with them. Yeah, well, even I, you know, some of St. Louis's bigger forwards, I think they were surprised. Like, the puck would be like, 
try to get it out. And then he would just absolutely just rub a guy out on the boards and then almost like give him a cross check on the way down the ice and it would get called, you know, just a little subtle thing. And then they'd almost, it, I think it'd take him by surprise sometimes. Cause I, I think it was clear that coming in St. Louis didn't think this game would be this difficult. I think they know all points are important, but they did. I saw a few times you, cause I was right on the, uh, um, you know, the Rangers attacking side twice and it's, they'd, a few times either taking missing a breakout or taking a dump penalty or, or making a, if a St. Louis player made like a rash decision to try to get it out and did something stupid because of all the pressure, you know, or ice the puck, you could just see they were like, they were like, finally, they were really frustrated at a time. So, which is good. The Rangers gave him fits because they didn't stop moving their legs. And I thought they played a good structure game, but yeah, and again, like I like, again, like I said, they don't, they don't have the horses yet. I mean, Kako, Kako missed a few, he whiffed on a few shots and had a few open cages, yeah, but a few guys did Panarin Panarin had an off night. I think it turns, although some of the passes he made last night, he made that behind the back pass to the side of the slot. I was like, Holy Moses. He's so good there. Um, I mean, yeah, they also ran into Bennington. He he's been, he was, oh, Bennington was excellent. He's yeah. terrific. He, he stopped everything down low. Uh, he, he just like, it just seemed like he had every single angle covered and he was always in the right spot. So credit to him for certainly, uh, yeah, the only goal came on a power play. So even strength, he was perfect. Um, and he got beat by an, a really nice play and backdoor pass almost. So, uh, you know, so again, it just goes to show you that these are teams in two completely different spots. And and I thought we might have been able to squeak out a win, maybe, you know, since they've been riding high on a win streak. But, you know, looking at St. Louis and the Colorado at second, Colorado is also on a seven-game winning streak. So they're not even really gaining any ground, uh, you know, with their eight game winning streak. They're mm. still only three points up. Colorado won't quit either. So, and we play them, I believe, next week on the road. Yeah. So, I don't know. What do you think of the whole mishmash of the wild card? Uh, you have the Islanders, Columbus, Carolina, the Rangers, and Florida all fighting for the final spots. Montreal is hanging around, but given their They've got the played the most games and they're the most points out. I, I kind of just see them as seven points out and sixty eight games played. I don't see them really in no. it. Florida, yeah, I, don't, I don't really even see in it either. But uh, you know, you put you know anything can happen. They're only five points out. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah looking at the standings now. It's funny because all those it seems like those all those teams, those well at least I would say all those teams with those three teams you know, Carolina, the Rangers and and the Panthers who are like realistically right there. Uh, and you know, what? honestly, even the two teams above them, it seems like it would be, it would help like if only a few of them were having like in a weird funk, it seems like all, all six of them are in a weird funk right now. You know, they they'll be dropping their, like their records are losing records in their last whatever games, you know, the Rangers have seen <laughs> coming down to earth after their win streak, but and Columbus, it's tough. Columbus, yeah, they lost someone else, didn't they? Didn't they just lose? They, uh, well, they Seth Jones is now out. Um, no, I know that. And but... uh, they they fucking beat Vancouver the other night. They were down three one in they the came third, from and behind, they came yeah. back and won five three. I was like, you got to be hitting me with that one. But I'll tell you, uh, not just as an aside, I'll say this: with Nashville being really hot recently, although I know they lost to, uh, I think they lost to Minnesota last night, right? Well, they've lost uh, two in a row, but. Yeah, or three in a row. And, Min- and Minnesota's right on the wild. If if Vancouver misses the playoffs after all of the like, this is it they've been doing this year. I will laugh so hard. Well, they only they're in a wild card spot and they're only a point uh, above Minnesota. Minnesota has been one of those teams where they have not quit at all. I mean, I've written them off completely, but they have not quit at all. Uh, no. And then Winnipeg, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the wild card in the West and the wild card in the East are in very similar positions where these teams are almost all trying to play themselves out of this with like the inconsistencies, you know? Yeah. I mean, if I had to put a, a, like if I had to sum up this entire regular season thus far with like one sentence, it would just be poor Jack Eichel. Poor, poor Jack Eichel. I I feel for this guy. Let's get this guy out of Buffalo at this point. I mean, he'd be a great New York Ranger. I don't know what. I mean, I, I, you know, if you I'm trying to think 
just it's fun to do these hypothetically what it would take to pry Jack Eichel if he if it, let's say he wanted out and to get him to be a Ranger what the Rangers would have to give up you obviously have to give him some advantage ad because you're not get, you're not getting rid of a number one center without getting one back right I don't know um, man uh, but at the at the same time Mika the way he's playing right now you kind of wonder it's like geez Louise it's just like I think Mika's maybe what two or three years older than Jack. Yeah, um, I mean, not mu- not much, but I'm I'm going to Buffalo's cap right now because all right, so Jack, all right, Eichel is signed through was it 2026? He signed the extension there, right? Yeah, I believe so. At 10 million. Yes. Honestly, I don't even really want him. I feel bad for him. I know he wants out, but I don't like you sign that type of contract for 10 million. It's like good luck. Good luck. I mean, they yeah. have just Jeff Skinner signed for nine million, and, and then disappeared. Akposo signed for six million, like I for mean, the next yeah. four years. I don't know. Like t- for me, Eichel needs to fucking say to management, like you need to get me fucking some players, and they have a ton of space coming up next year. I mean, they have three restricted free agents, and then they have one, two, three, four five unrestricted free agents that they probably honestly almost all of them they should just let walk like i guess they can sign jimmy vc but oh my god yeah but i'm sorry they have four restricted free agents i don't know buffalo is in a tough spot i would definitely i obviously wouldn't mind trading for eichel but i'm not going to give up one of my players that are elite right now i would give them a big time prospect some sorts but uh and maybe draft picks but i don't know man yeah well you know what it is is that you look at some of these teams and there is this class of of forward in the nhl like the highly talented yet kind of considered damaged goods that get passed around all the time despite being awesome like your kevin fialas your mikhail grandlins like your nino niederreiters these guys are really good but they don't cost a lot because they're like yeah, their offensive plays inconsistent or they or they don't defend well or whatever the reason is or just they're a bad fit with the coaching staff. But I mean, GMs need to find it's kind of behooves you to try to find these guys because you that's how you you get values. You, you take in these reclamation projects and then they play well and then you try to flip them. And then if, if I mean, if you see they still have the warts, although they're perform well, then you move on from them and then, you know, you sell a some false goods to, you know, a, a hapless GM, but, but my, I mean, there's Buffalo there, there are shrewd moves to be made out there. And I think that's the biggest thing is that when I look at every, not even just how they've drafted, but when I look at like every single trade Buffalo has made in the last five years, they've lost, they haven't won a single one. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I don't know. Like I, obviously this is a Rangers podcast and I don't know everything about Buffalo. Yeah. But what it seems to, to be for me looking at Buffalo Sabres is that, they bring in tier two guys to play tier one roles and they need to get back to like, they need to find like three bona fide goal scorers and not rely on Jeff Skinner. I know like he, I don't know what Jeff Skinner is even the numbers that he's putting up this year, but I, I just know that that guy, he's not part of the tier one group in this, in this NHL. Like Panarin is a tier one player. Zibanejad has turned into a tier one player. They take these chances on these guys that like with huge question marks on them. Like, how do you, you really think that or Jeff Skinner right here, 14 goals, nine assists, and he's minus 18. That's a guy you're paying $9 million to. Like the problem isn't the, the problem is that you're giving these contracts to guys that are really not that good. Yeah. Like Jack, Eichel, I mean, he has a bona fide star, but just because you pay someone a crazy amount of money doesn't mean you're going to get, you know, automatically all-star results. Well, it seems like since his rookie year, they pair these guys with Eichel and thus he elevates them because he's such a good player. And then they give that guy a big ticket, you know, deal. And then they move, look, we need to spread out our offense. And they move that guy down a line and all of a sudden he's not producing now. And it's just like the worst value asset management ever. So, but isn't that just common sense? Well, you would think so, but I mean, Jason Botterill, I'm not sure. I mean, well, I, the, I the, don't, fire, the fire bottle chants are, are very, very loud in Buffalo right now. I know that. So, Like, listen, Jack Eichel is a very, very special player. Obviously, he's going to, you know, lift up everybody. 
And like, I guarantee they give Victor Olofsson a, a crazy contract. I'll guarantee it. Yeah, after his first year just coming out of the – and his shooting percentage is like through the roof. Not to mention he's fucking, what, 26 years old? Yeah, and he's going to be looking for it. He's like, I finally made it to the – 24. Edit. I'm it, sorry. He's 24. So, okay, I, right. I mean, it's not that – that's not awful. But at the same time, it's like, you know, he's up for rookie of the year. They're going to probably treat him like he's a rookie and they're going to have him for the next 10 years. It's like, I, I don't know yeah. if he's going to be able to to do what he's doing Replicate. Right now. Yeah, exactly. Rep- that's the hardest thing to do in the NHL. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, of course, they have uh, Darlene, who's their, you know, the fourth leading goal scorer. But he's been injured. He's, you know, been injured before. And he's a minus seven. He's got four goals, 33 assists on the year. It's just like, I don't know. I, I don't know what this team, I don't know what their identity is. I don't know what they're trying to build. Uh, they don't seem to be building around Jack Eichel and, like, you know, built strong down the middle because yeah. they, they just don't have good players. No. And I think that's, you know, honestly, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head is the biggest thing is that you, I don't know what they're trying to build here. When we look at the Rangers this year, and maybe we're biased because we watch them, but you kind of get the sense of what Quinn is trying to build and what he's trying to do. You know, you've seen, and especially with, we've heard all about Gorton really trying to like, uh, he's looking for guys from that 2017 draft to acquire like your, your Julian Gauthier's like you can see the guys he's trying to target to, to put in the lineup for, in terms of to make sure the ages match up and you're not too, you know, you don't have too, you don't have too much sandbagging going on. Everyone's kind of maturing at the right time. Well, I think, um, no, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, no, go, no, go ahead. Finish your thought. No. So I was just going to say, that's like, you look at Gorton is definitely trying to acquire. Yeah. I mean, you know, Quinn type players, players that can, play who are who can protect the puck who can skate who can who will engage you know what I mean it's like because I think the problem although I would kind of dismiss it uh, over the last few years but you know how many years did we have so it seemed like we every player on our in our lineup was like a third line second you know middle six playmaking whatever you know what I mean you just you and then I look at these teams that are these, you know, are the last few cup winners and you have all these role players, but they but they all play different roles and they all do different things. Well, and the, you can't the, have too much of one thing. And I just think that Jeff is definitely it seems like Gorton and, and John Davidson are trying to find some good balance and get some, diff, you know, so you can have uh, Phil Giuseppe, you put him up with, uh, you know, some of your skill guys and have him just create havoc. And then you have a guy in that line who can really protect the puck. And then you have the guy, you know, your strobes who are your playmakers. And then just that kind of gets rounded out by, you know, maybe uh, your criders and your goatees who are your power forward. So, yeah, I mean, I can just, you can kind of see that they're trying to what, how they're trying to plug holes. Whereas in Buffalo, I don't see that at all. No, I, a hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree with you. And I think the Rangers kind of struggled with what Buffalo is going through right now, where for a long time, the Rangers never had an identity. They kind of were goaltending first and we'll kind of just plug in as we go along and, and see what we can get out of our lineup. And, you know, we, they made a, a couple big acquisitions, of course, but you know, those guys were either aged and at, out of their prime or they came here and they just were not a good fit for New York city. Uh, you know, I think now for the first time in a long time, the Rangers have two bona fide all-stars that can drive a line, which is why they, for 95% of the games, they're separated, which is fantastic for us. It's, you know, and it's hard to find that. Like, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but like it, it also at the same time, the Rangers are in a different position where they have New York City. It was a lot more appealing to go to than Buffalo. And you know, for the Rangers this year, I kind of think their identity was just to play for each other and to play smart hockey, try to defend from the inside out in a defensive zone where it wasn't working. And then you see, you know, they finally buy into it where, hey, if we concentrate on this role, it actually helps out our offense. And, you know, our offense is obviously driven by, you know, our, our two guys up front, but we've improved on the power play. We've, we're able to actually score, you know, three, four goals a game and outscore the opponents instead of, you know, always relying on the goaltenders to win the two, one like games that you now see the Islanders struggling with, which could result them in a, uh, you know, in in the draft lottery instead of in the playoffs, like they thought they'd be at the beginning of the year. So, you know, the Rangers, I still think are putting the pieces together. I, 
I, I think that they're going to go in a route where they're going to try to find some uh, physical presence in the lineup. I do think you need you need that physicality. I do think you need that grit. So I, I'm going to look for them to f- find a little bit more of a gritty pl- grittier players. I think that's kind of what they see in Kreider, which is why you know they were happy to sign him. Yeah, but I, I look for more players like Chris Kreider coming in to this team in the next few years to try to you know get this team over the hump. Yeah, uh, just a little. I don't know if you call it breaking news, but apparently. Bill Daly has announced he's told teams the salary cap is projected to be between 84 to 88.2 million next year. Really? So regardless, even if it's just 84, if that's a conservative, you know, guess for him to not look stupid. What are we What's it? It's, it's 81.5 right now, right? Something like that. Yeah. Is the salary cap. Yep. Um, so, you know, that's still a, a, you know, it's still almost like a two and a half million dollar jump. But especially if you, if you're, if you're, uh, bullish on it you can an extra you know three three to four million in cap space for teams is pretty good well That's yeah a, you, you got to look at it as it lowers uh, the x amount of percent lowers every contract that you have right now in the books by that amount exactly, of percent which exactly, is exactly which yeah. is very nice I, especially again like we said chris Kreider, if the cap goes up that contract looks better and better so um yeah and also with the, the shattenkirk buyout you know you i'm sure your ranger fans are hoping for you know so yeah uh, no definitely to get relief any way they can so absolutely uh i mean you got to root for and you know the rangers have the money to spend that was never been the problem so uh no. you know definitely look for them to uh, their, their owner is too busy getting in, in feuds with uh with directors what a, that guy needs to get out of town he really does <laughs> he's awful on every single end of yeah, i will say he doesn't really mess with the rangers he doesn't he mess with they want to sign but, you know so that's good but at the same time obviously you worry that one day he's just gonna get fed up and he's gonna start trying to run the rangers like like he's run the knicks and you're you know yeah no no and you know i i don't know i just feel like i know he's played music with lundquist and stuff like that and i just really hope that he doesn't step in and say you know hank is staying here next year i don't care what you say like one of those i hate to interrupt my co-host james but i just want to take a second to talk to everyone about southern scholar dress socks Southern Scholar is a hockey player-owned menswear company whose primary focus is providing you with a better dress sock option through their monthly subscription to their shop. Simply put, Southern Scholar makes the best dress socks in the world. Crafted with their one-of-a-kind signature material blend and designed with classic color palettes and timeless patterns, their socks are built specifically to stay in place throughout your workday and add a subtle, uh, sophisticated twist at the same time. Included with each pair is their signature style card containing tips, tricks, and styling recommendations to help you best pair your socks and get the most out of your look every time. Southern Scholar brings you a unique yet professional dress sock, which can be worn in the most prestigious of environments. Their socks have the perfect combination of stretch, softness, and breathability, providing a true mid-calf fit that stays in place throughout your entire workday. You can join their monthly sock club and enjoy all of your member benefits like lower prices, exclusive sales, and access to their member shop, or you can just shop their collections without a subscription. Either way, you'll save money using the code THPN. That's THPN, like in the Hockey Podcast Network. But, um, so speaking of like you know the the obviously there's a lot of hockey left this year, but like going into the off season, are there any guys that you've had circled that you would like to see the Rangers bring in? Um. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I've been, I have been thinking about that, and I'm thinking, well, and this is going to sound funny, but one guy who I think the team needs to circle back on is already one of their prospects, and his name is Leah Sanderson. Ooh. He's uh, he's been playing the SHL. I think he's he's like, yeah, I think he's he's because he missed, you know, obviously he didn't. He started midseason for them. He's only been there for a few small segment of games, but he's already, I believe, he's like eleventh in like points per game in the SHL already like um yeah he's I think he's got nine points in 11 games since like going there so I mean he's obviously I don't know what the state of that is what that relationship is is like (coughs) you know and it's on on I don't know if he's soured on the Rangers where he won't want to come back I don't know if the Rangers front office has soured on him where they're just like, we just need to pump him up and get him out of here. 
yeah, I don't know if that if that's an untenable situation, but obviously I think in the off season or for camp next year, they do need to circle back and, you know, see what happens. Uh, I know Puyarvi leads the SHL in points, right? Or I'm sorry, he leads Liga in points, which is, uh, which is funny. So maybe who knows, maybe we finally get that Leah Sanderson for uh Puyarvi swap. Everyone's been talking about, and you think about it, Puyarvi's a big, he's a bigger kid. You know, he's maybe not the most fleet of foot, but it seems like he's gotten better in that regard. And he can definitely play. So I, w- I do wonder if that is. And the Rangers and Edmonton do have, with the, the Glenn Sather connection, they do seem to have a nice little, they have some sort of weird, like between trading Talbot and uh, Spooner. And, you know, it just it just seems like they hook up every so often. So I would be curious to see if the Rangers and Edmonton Maybe they make they get something done in that regard because Puyarvi on this team could add a lot of intrigue to you know the third line. I think he'd be it could be a good player for the third line. No, absolutely. And do you do you see any other players uh, right now that are in the AHL re- really coming up next oh, year and playing AHL players? Well, I mean, I, well, you know, I mean, I mean some, it's funny because some of the it, depending on like what teams like some of the names we heard going for Kreider possibly. You do wonder if the Rangers like. If Jordan Cairo or uh, the not Nick Robertson, his older brother, what's his name? Who plays for now? Whatever uh, the old Jason Robertson, like players like that that are like taller guys that have a a, a slight you know um, who have a, who yeah they have a slight power uh, dimension to their game you know that are solid guys that are not not like tiny you know so I think it just seems like it seems like Gordon has tried to acquire a lot of. Yes, we have our smaller burner guys, and yes, we have also have our smaller skill guys. But it does seem like Gorton has tried to really get a good mix of players that are t- big, like Heedle and Gautier, but who can also skate and, and move the puck. And you know, because especially if you have a team of guys like that where you can't. I was watching Heedle last night. Well, I'll say this: watching Kako last night, I thought he had a very good game, and he's definitely his pace is. De- I from watching him earlier in the season live. And watching him now, it, he's a way he's way in a much better spot. I think he his skating has gotten better, or at least his pace of play has gotten better. I think he can definitely work on mechanics this summer to make things a little bit more, you know, uh, like to make it more mindless for him instead. So he doesn't have to like, you know, just to make it his mechanics, just make it unconscious for him. But he was great last night. And he's you for, I'm watching this a 19 year old like almost body and like roll off pucks off the wall with this versus some of the St. Louis blues, bigger players and their forwards. And I'm like, this kid is only 18. He's going to be a monster. Like that's why I don't worry about him. But that was watching Heedle last night. And he was, I thought he was everywhere last night. He did such a great job. He's he's learned to become such a good player for coming up the ice to support or just up and down the ice to support and swing low when he has to. He's it's almost like he's doing like, he's really making a point to do that. And it really helps. Obviously helps on breakouts. It helps on, Support. Sometimes it helps just open up passing lanes just because you have to respect him receiving a pass in the center of the ice. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's if Gorton can get a bunch of these bigger players, but who can all skate and move their feet and who you can't strip the puck from. I think it'll be. Yeah, this this will it'll be a this will be a very dangerous team because it's like there's a few times where it's like even on the walls like whereas last year I'd watch Heedle get bodied everywhere and he's just he's coming out with it he's still and he's still got his momentum going he's got his feet going and yeah I mean I I can definitely see Gordon trying to get guys like that I think he doesn't seem like the type to to want to you know because there are obviously some players that are shooting the lights out right now but you're like oh he doesn't really skate that well or doesn't really move his feet much and is like you know i think he definitely wants competitive players if that makes any sense like i thought trocheck would have been a great addition for this team but we'll see you know now he's on carolina yeah so uh i got a one question for you sure uh i'm, I'm looking right now i don't I think he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, uh, the Taylor, well, Taylor Hall, his contract's up this year, right? Mm, I think so, actually. What? Yeah, would, because uh, they haven't him and Arizona haven't discussed anything yet. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm looking right now. I don't see any talk of them discussing anything. Uh, I think they want to see how the season rides out, but. Mm-hmm. 
would he be someone that you you could bring in and what do you think he's actually going to get on the market because right now he's got this aura around him that he's kind of yeah. a cancer well what's his what what are his totals this year is his uh, stat totals um his stat totals are hold on a second I'm pulling it up as well He's got so he's got fifty points in sixty two games, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess you know he'll probably. There's another. He's got another twenty games left. So, yeah, outside of going on a tear, he'll probably. He'll probably finish with. Yeah, he'll 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 probably have. I don't think he hits seventy, but he'll probably be right under there. You know, maybe he does, but you know, sixty. How much does Taylor Hall make right now? Six million, I think. All right, six million for. Yeah, six million for for close to seventy points is is pretty good. So he's not exactly having a bad season. I mean, he's you know plus minus is a garbage stat, but he's minus thirteen. But yeah, it's you're right. He does have he does for better or worse. He does have that aura around him. I think a lot of people are really worried about whether or not that. Uh, that hip, what it was, his thigh, his leg injury, his, or, you know, he, uh, I don't know if it was a high sprain or his, his hip or whatever happened to him, but yeah, I think people really are worried that it's affected him. Our, our good buddy, Ryan Giblin is, uh, convinced that he's like not the same player since then, you know, especially you watching the, how dangerous on the rush he was the year he won the heart and then watching him now. Because he plays fast. And he's also, people forget, because, you know, it's like Taylor Hall. He's 28 years old, so he's not exactly a spring chicken. He's the same age as, uh, well, I think he's he's one year younger. But, you know, he's he's not, yeah, he's a, he's a, an older guy in this league. You know, 28 for the NHL is, is not exactly young. So um, to, co- to commit to him, especially a guy who might is getting close to 30 and has a significant hip injury, who it looks like his production is is almost started going the other way for whatever reason. Yes, he's been on a bad team, you know, the last few years, but you know, at Arizona, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I I'd be lying if I said the prospect of trying to bring in Hall would make me gun shy in terms of how much it would cost, and you know, and it not working out. Because with Panarin, it almost feels like the Rangers somehow dodged a bullet, or because it never works out for them, and it finally did. I almost think it's like. Do you really want to tempt fate? You know. Well, I'm just saying I don't know how much money this guy is going to actually drive. Like, do you think uh, someone's actually going to give him term and 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 the money that he's looking for? Because I personally I don't do see think... it, and he might. Mm. I don't. I don't see him getting more than five million. Well, I could see Arizona giving. I mean, Arizona will give him. Since he's probably... gotten hurt, the eighteen nineteen season, he played thirty three games. He had thirty seven points. He was off to a pretty decent year, and then yeah. obviously he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Before that, he had a career year. But if you look before yeah. that, his numbers were not like that crazy. He had one eighty-point no. season in thirteen fourteen, and then the rest he maxed out at. Well, I guess he hit sixty-five points, and then it, it's been in the fifties ever since. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's you know, I think Taylor Hall kind of is what he is. He's like, he's a very good player, but he's not. He doesn't have that asterisk next to his name. Like, yeah, it's just again. I he's think part of the I, tier I would two not. Group. Yeah, I would not. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he has suddenly has a bounce back year next year. Let's say they. I do think Arizona's going to resign him because I don't think. Well, a I just think the optics of it are horrible. Like you're more. I think if as far as Jake is concerned, you either. You know, if you move, if you move him. Well, he's not your player, so you can't move him, really. Uh, so you either lose him for for all that stuff you gave up for him, for losing for nothing, you get fired. You kind of have to resign him, even if it doesn't work out, and that's the move that eventually gets you fired. At least you get an extra, you know, while out of it. But you kind of have they kind of have to sign him, you know, right? Like you gave up all that stuff for him. You just now you're just going to walk away and say, "Oh, never mind." LOL. Like I was wrong. Like. I understand, like in terms of maybe the construction of your team, that you're like, well, maybe this is not the guy to, to command. Or, I mean, they can try to sign him and just say we're not going above this number, and then he walks. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know what Taylor Hall's preferences are. I I think, I think he, I can't ever see him returning to Edmonton. 
No. Although that would be fascinating. I think he he probably does feel like they did him real dirty over there. Um, yeah, I do. You know, the, the one thing we've heard is that, especially it seems like Calgary is kind of running out of patience for Monaghan and Goudreau. You do wonder if, if, if a Johnny Goudreau for Taylor Hall swap ever came about. And not that it would because Taylor Hall's a free agent, but in the future, who knows, you know? Yeah, um, it, it, I know. He's just uh, he's just like a big question mark and mystery. And I just thought, you know, for the right price, would you sign him and bring him into New York? Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it, it's, it is very price conducive because if it's like he's 28 years old, that's the problem is that if the Rangers just gave Kreider 6.5, you can't – he's not taking less than Chris Kreider. You know what I mean? Yeah. Chris Kreider has having a good also- season – is Chris Carter having his best season and he's like, pro- they'll probably end up same in points. He's a better player, but you know, all that stuff we, we just spoke about kind of does worry me. So, I mean, you, you know, obviously acquiring him means you have to move on from some other guys, but you know, that doesn't matter. Like you get Taylor Hall. Uh, I, I love Pavel Buchnevich, but cause he's how, what he brings and how much he costs, but you have to move a few deck chairs. You have to move him. You'd probably have to move. I'm trying to think who else. Strom probably. I mean, Strom's probably gone. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's tough because it's like it's one of those things that they're guys that are should be luxuries, but at the same time, you have to make sure you have to have a few bargain guys. Which is why Colorado seems like they're so set up. It's because it's like that McKinnon contract really frees them up to do a lot of good stuff. Hence, why I think it's so stupid that Sackick chose to do nothing at the deadline. Yeah, I mean, he, they, they really, I don't know why they think that they're good enough right now to win a Stanley Cup. I thought they were going to make a huge move uh, to bring in, a, you know, some secondary scoring, especially because you see them struggle when they lose their, 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 their second and third threats. I mean, uh, Landis yeah. Gog was out for a while. They struggled. Uh, Rantanen was out for a while. They struggled. And you basically rely on McKinnon and McCarr to drive the entire offense and, and, Hopefully you win the game on special teams. I don't know. They're a very bizarre team, and I think they're all healthy right now, so they've been humming along. Yeah. But again, they're one of those teams that they're top heavy, man. If they're if one of their stars gets knocked out, forget about it. They they don't they don't have that 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 punch that third you know, and they have the one two punch for sure. But oh hell yeah, man! If the, you lose one of those, they're they are in trouble. Um, well, you know, I think there's there's definitely the opposite. You know, you have the teams that that go all in when they shouldn't be. But then you have the teams that are always so afraid to bite the bullet and they never, they never just cast the dice out and then they, they don't get over the hump because they just sat. And then by the, you know, you you have your young guy, your young guys are good, but you kind of got to make sure you have, it's not always going to be next man up. There is no guarantee that that kid who's waiting in down in junior or the, or the a is going to, come up and then just step in seamlessly. Sometimes they're projects. Sometimes they take time. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, absolutely. I um, mean, you know, Tyson Jost for them seems like he's been a real, it's been a real up and down with him. Like look at graves. Uh, I mean, yeah. great. Well, they're lucky they have him because yeah. otherwise he really solidifies their defense. I know McCarr gets all the love, but if they didn't have graves, they would be in real big trouble. Yeah, if the Rangers, you know, even if the Rangers didn't have Lindegren, how would they look this year? Yeah, very true, very true. Yeah, you kind of forget that it's like, and I, I was watching him bang bodies last night, considering how t- he's a smaller guy, but he's so stocky. He just like, he's got that low center of gravity. He's he was like, I saw him. I think it was Piran. He almost plastered him on the wall. I was like, yeah, you know, you just, yeah, and those guys definitely make you play a little bit taller. So, but no, to your point, James, you're right. Like if. You know, at some point, you that team is top heavy, and I mean, they. I do like some of their. Uh, I do like some of their bottom six forwards. Like they have good guys, but it's like at the same time, it doesn't. It doesn't. There's some t- teams where you look at them on paper and you're like, oh, right. Like you look at every line, it's like bang, bang, bang. Like St. Louis or Boston, you're just like, yeah. You look at how they they slot up, and you look at them, and you're like, well, you have this guy, you have to move this guy here, and you just all of a sudden it's like. I got like you said, you got to try to keep one of McCarr or McKinnon on the ice at all times, and that's just not feasible. So, you know, hopefully Sakic is by being frugal. You know, Vlad, I love I love Nemesikov, but you know, is this if you if you get beat this year, 
what is your what does your outlook look like for next year? Who's up for a deal? You know what I mean? It's just like things can change really quickly. So you don't get too many kicks at the can. So you, sh- you got to take it when you can. Uh, no, absolutely. Um, so, all right, go, going forward, New York Rangers have the Capitals, Devils, and then they head onto the road and play Dallas, Colorado, and Arizona next week. What are your thoughts? Where are you right now? I mean, again, like it, this is all game by game. So, you know, Rangers beat the Capitals and beat the Devils and the other teams struggle. We close the gap to two points. It's we're in a very bizarre spot. What What is yeah. your confidence level? What is your what? what it's like? What's your thought process going game it's, by game? It's so weird because it's like, as I kind of said to open this is that I it's one of those things that at this point, I'm not going to be upset if they miss. I'll be ecstatic if they get in, obviously, because it'll be like, holy crap, they did it. Especially if they can get the Igor back with no lingering issues or problems. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he's already already taken low shots in practice. But at the same time, it's like, who knows? You you kind of feel like they're poised to, to make noise. And I feel like the one thing I've heard from a lot of other fans or our fellow podcast hosts, they're like, wow, you guys are way better than I thought you'd be like, you guys are going to be scary in, in a few years or next year, whatever. Yeah. Which is nice to hear. Cause it's, I think we see it on the ice and you see that like, Oh, if this guy, you know, if, if Kako has another comes back, you know, 10 pounds heavier of muscle and like has an inch on him, you know, uh Oh, you know what I mean? Or if he has yet another is another growth spurt or whatever, and just has the more, all these guys, even Howden, who I think has looked less like crap. You know, he's definitely used in a much simpler way, but I think that suits him. You know, he's a Howden is is a is a bullet. Put him a gun and just shoot him down the ice and just see what happens. You know, you just try as the look. So it's just like, I mean, Quinn's it's almost like I do feel years. like this might be their last chance to to acquire a good prospect. Or not that you can't find good prospects twenty on, but you know what I mean. Like there's. Guys slip for for myriad of reasons, and you can get a lot of really good players in that ten to fifteen range, you know. So, yeah, it's 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 funny. You just like a part of me is like, well, and who knows? Like, especially with somewhere the way how the lottery balls worked out for us last year, like you just don't know because it's like you look at this team, and all of a sudden, if you they can, let's say they they miss and it sucks, but then they somehow even if they pick third and they they get to add a guy either like I don't know who it, who it would be at this point because it seems like it changes but either if it's a Quinton Byfield or a Tim Stutzel or a Marco Ross you, you know what I mean it's like these are these are top flight prospects you add that to this already stacked system like it definitely ch- can bolster things for the better so I'm yeah I'm, I'm like it's all gravy to me man like this is a house money season I don't you know you, I, the only thing that would have been bad is if if no, the kids didn't find their game and didn't round out very well at least even, not even from a production standpoint, just from a being able to play in the NHL standpoint and that the Rangers were bad this year. But the fact that they're in the spot and they're pushing, you know, take it. They, they have to do exactly what you just said. They have to take it game by game and don't let the outcome of the last game affect the outcome of this game because it's it's all, you know, one foot in the other, front of the other on the process that is ultimately making your way to the to be a, a top flight team, you know? So, yeah. So I got one more question for you. Then sure. we can even yeah. wrap things up unless you got something. Else, no, um, so the Rangers right now are they're four points out. They're seventeenth in the in the league. The Rangers have two first round draft picks this year, technically, right? Yes. Like it could be one and maybe one next year. Well, yeah. So let's uh, let me pull this up and we'll we'll talk through it. Yeah. So the Rangers have uh, their own draft pick, and they have. A, Carolina's first round pick. Carolina has two first round picks this year because they uh, took on a first to take on Patrick Marlowe's uh, contract. Um, so, but that that first round pick they acquired, they get to choose which pick they get give the Rangers. So, let's say both Toronto and Carolina make the playoffs for whatever reason, they can say whoever fin whatever whoever gets ousted first, whichever pick is the is the you know, let's say Carolina goes out, Toronto goes out in the first round and Carolina goes out in the second round. They're going to, they, Carolina's like, we're going to keep Toronto's first. We're going to give you, um, you know, and we're going to give you our first. So we, st- they'll have the, Carolina still has the higher of the two picks. 
but uh, Toronto's pick is top 10 protected. So let's say, I mean, Toronto's third in the East at this point and in the Atlantic, like the, they have 78 and 67 Panthers are the next Atlantic team with 73 and 66. Not, I mean, barring them getting caught somehow by, I don't, I think they're making the playoffs. So I don't think it's likely, but if for some reason, uh, Toronto loses every game they have for the rest of the season and somehow picks in the top 10, uh, it's yeah. Then that pick that they owe Carolina this year gets deferred to next year. So Carolina would only have one pick their own and they would be forced to give that pick to the Rangers. So that's how that works out. So realistically, let's just say the Rangers are picking, I don't know, uh, 14th, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. They, I, I realistically, if the Rangers don't make it, I see them picking anywhere between 13th and 15th. Yeah. So let's just say 14th for sake of, conversation yeah. yeah and then they get carolina's pick which is uh you know just say like later it doesn't really matter. well right well right yeah right now it looks like carolina might pick if the if the rangers picked uh 14th it looks like carolina might pick either 15th or 13th because they're they're both literally although carolina does have games in hand uh but yeah they're right there well i'm just saying the, what's the reality of the rangers trading up in this draft or do you think it's a better to keep the two two picks? Uh, it really depends because I think this is draft, maybe more so than other drafts. There's not outside of Lafreniere. There's a lot of there's a a big split on who should be second overall because you have Quinton Byfield who seems to be struggling, but is you know the youngest player in the draft because of his birth year, and then or his birth month, I should say, and his just his. His package is the best in the entire draft in terms of hand skating, size, physical tools. You know, it'd be like if Kreider, I mean, he's not Kreider fast, but he's just like, it'd be like Quinton Byfield could be like, if you took Tyler Sagan's skills and you put them in like Ke'Andre Miller's body, if that makes any sense, like just like, he could, if he can figure out his game, he is such a good, you know, for his age, he is so good. He, and he's just his, 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 his tool chest is amazing. If he can just, you know, iron out some other things and that come with being young, he's, he could be the best player in this draft, at, including Lafreniere, who is also amazing. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, Lafreniere, his, uh, who is a truly elite in terms of the way his mind works and his hands and everything could, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think there's still the possibility for the ultimate impact of Byfield having. But that said, you have Tim Stutzel doing the same thing in, in the DEL in Germany. And a lot of people think he is the next Leon Dreisaitl. And Leon Dreisaitl probably going to win the, well, not probably, will we'll prob- most likely win the Art Ross this year. Like, um, yeah, it's there's a lot of good players in that mix between Raymond and Holtz and, and Stutzel and Rossi, who's leading in the OHL right now and in, in points who a Cole Perfetti, you know, I mean, there's a lot of really good guys. So yeah, I think it, it, it is very likely that one of those guys we, and we saw it, I think we saw it last year where, where a lot of these guys, you know, Cole, uh, Cole Caulfield, because of his size, doesn't get picked by Montreal until what? What he got picked like thirteenth or fourteenth, right where right where the Rangers might feasibly be picking. Yeah, and yeah. he is a yes. Obviously, he's limited by some of his things, but if his you're paying, you know, ultimately the, the the name of the game is put the puck in the net, and he can absolutely pick corners and rip shots and just yeah, and knows where to be. So yeah, I mean, the Rangers can get a really good player in that range. You know, he you know sometimes they round out. You know, you look at some of the superstars in the league now, some, a lot of them have been picked in that, in that slot, you know, or right in that area. And they, they kind of just became the best player in their, their draft. Kucherov was what, 22nd overall or something stupid like that. Right. Like, yeah, these guys will, you know, and, you know, I think if you look at the Rangers and some of the players projected to go in that, you know, you have like Yan Mishak, who is a, a Czech teenager who is out producing uh, Philip Heedle and Martin Nichas. And I think Sebastian Ajo is like production at the same age in that league. So he doesn't, doesn't seem like he's got the same flashy skills as them, but you kind of look at how he plays the game. You're like, Oh, so who knows, especially 
and he's an engine. He's like an engine player. You know what I mean? So you get a really good player in that who doesn't slip. And then you can also get a guy who all of a sudden they find, they just work on that element of their game. They, that they're the one thing that holds them back from being truly an elite player. And they find it and all of a sudden you have like, yeah, like a Mikhail Granlin type or a, like, a, you know, you look at a guy like Kem Fiala right now, who's like toe dragging everyone in the league. You know what I mean? So who, who wasn't projected to do so. So yeah, there, you can get real useful players there. So I could see the Rangers trying to trade up. Obviously it depends on if a player is available, right? Yeah. I'm well, you know, you know, and I think, like you have Askarov, the goaltender. Let's say there's a team that really needs goaltending. I'm trying to think. Well, it also depends, too. I mean, uh, this is all hypothetical, obviously, but if the Rangers miss the playoffs, I mean, they have a shot at a really low pick. Yeah. I mean, obviously, where, the odds where, are against them. but The Rangers finished 12th last year and then jumped up to second, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, can happen again. Who knows? You know, I, I hope I hope the league is rigged in, in our favor, but I don't, you know, who knows, but... Um, yeah, I mean, you, I guess it really depends if you look at you, I think it would mostly be teams that, you know, I'm sure on draft day, you work the phones, you try to figure out what, who other teams are targeting. And if you say, we really want this guy, you want this guy, you can get this guy and an extra first, but we really want this guy, but you have to be sure, you know what I mean? Cause at the same time, if there's two guys, if you can get Dylan Holloway, who's another kid who's playing at, um, at uh, Wisconsin with Kay Andre and Cole Caulfield and Turcotte and all those guys. Like if you can get like a Meshack and a Holloway, that's a pretty nice haul. That sets, you know, that, I think that bumps you, the Rangers almost back up to the first farm team in the NHL. So who knows? Or yes, they have enough defensemen, but like, let's say, uh, yeah, I, you know, no Drysdale would probably be off the board, but yeah, I just think it's one of those things that, it's going to be, it's really dependent on the teams that are finishing around them and who they covet. So you would hope that, but I definitely think a, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers, it maybe the Rangers could package one of those picks with a player they currently have on their roster to target another player in the league. They really covet, you know? Yeah. I think no. it's something that doesn't, we don't really think about either, but I definitely think it's a possibility. I mean, just to get a clear upgrade on a guy who can help them within the next few years. You know, especially if you're their teams that are looking to who are like have put off the rebuild long enough, you know, like uh, Anaheim's finally like they move on Kasha to to Boston. You know, what if they're like, I don't know, I don't I, I think they'll hold on to Raquel, but he's a bit I think he's like close in age to Zamanaj. What if they're like, we just need to tear the floor out and figure this out? You know, who knows? Maybe you give them a younger guy plus the first, but to get Raquel back. You know, I mean, I love some of our younger prospects, but who knows? So, but this is just, you know, mental gymnastics at this point, but I definitely think it is something the Rangers trying to weaponize their assets as they've been doing it a lot the last few years. So I wouldn't be surprised to try to, if they keep trying to do that and instead of going for players that are already in the league, as opposed to, uh, you know, draft picks. So we'll see. All right. I mean, obviously maybe, uh, closer to the end of the season when the Rangers, uh, almost have their fate sealed up in a negative way. We can maybe bring in a best case scenario of who we think they should draft a mid case scenario. If, you know, they really, you know, fall in that middle, you know, seven to nine range. And then worst yeah. case scenario where they, they end up picking, you know, dead last out of the, uh, the non-playoff group. So <clears throat> um, maybe we can do something like that uh, later in the season. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I'm good to go. I'm I'm pretty positive right now with the Rangers, especially after last night. I know they lost three in a row. Uh, Washington has been pretty inconsistent of late. I think we could steal one again. Again, if we lose that game, I'm not not that I'm not that worried going forward. I think we we have a shot here, and I think it's going to happen. Uh, you know, starting with the Devils, especially if we lose to Washington, you beat the Devils, get a couple days off, regroup. You know, split with Dallas and Colorado, a couple days off, beat Arizona, and then you come back home, and it's the final stretch. And I kind of like the teams that we play. I mean, I know we have the Penguins twice, Capitals and Tampa in there, but I think those teams are going to be beatable. I'm not, I'm not in love with anybody this year out of the out of the East. I think it's going to be tough uh, coming out of you know coming out of the East in the playoffs. But every team is beatable. They, every team has their flaws, and um, 
you know, we got we hit we hit a uh, a little rut here, but against two teams that are clicking and firing on all cylinders that are playing, you know, uh, playoff hockey. So again, we'll see what we got with the with the Capitals and and the Devils at home. So hopefully we can grab four points there and and see where we are after that after this weekend. Absolutely. <sighs> all right, so. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Broadway Boys Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. And uh, yeah, I mean, interesting slew of games coming up. Uh, we have some fun contests through the Hockey Podcast Network coming around the corner. So stay tuned. Uh, we'd like to thank Southern Scholar Socks for sponsoring our podcast uh, and sending us such amazing socks. And uh, a contest will be announced shortly with that. So. Yeah, thank you for uh, listening, and we'll, I guess we'll, um, hmm. you know what, James, for the first time, I think all season, I'm trying to rack my brain on who we should give a shout out to to end the pod, and I'm kind of coming up blank, so, um, well, you know what, since he's already taking shots, and he's starting to feel better, we hope, we wish him a speedy recovery, because we, clearly the Rangers could use him down the stretch, so, you know, hopefully, uh, with only you know, a small handful of games remaining. It's Igor season. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.